some days we'll get it right and other times we'll take the long road, but you can't do it wrong. Like you just, you have endless opportunities to tap back into trusting yourself and, and tuning in. And that's one of our superpowers as highly sensitive people is that strong intuition. We just, you know, sometimes have to like kind of move through some of the crap to, to reconnect. Welcome to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sensitive Empowered with me, Alyssa Boyer and Matt Lensadel. We uh, love coming on every month and talking about different topics that impact humans, but specifically highly sensitive, empathic humans. And this month, we're going to be talking about self-trust. This is something that is just comes up over and over and over in my life, Matt and I were just talking, it's been prevalent for him a lot lately. It's just such an important topic for highly sensitive people to understand and to learn how to embody. So I'm really excited uh, for us to dive into that. So I guess maybe we can first just start off if you're comfortable sharing just like personally what's coming up for each of us around self-trust and, and just kind of go from there. Self-trust is coming up in several different ways for me right now. Um, I'm seeing it a lot as it relates to business and to motherhood. So first with like the business aspect, because this is really alive for me. A couple of months ago, I got this intuitive hit to hit pause on my membership community. This has been like my bread and butter, like the main offering that I have for highly sensitive people. But I was just, and we talked about this on a previous episode, but I was just like feeling in my gut, like, oh, this just isn't really lighting me up right now. And I was really nervous to listen to that because it's it's scary to go away from something that has been very supportive, that has been working for me, but I had to trust my gut and I've been just sharing different offerings and trying different things and it's been nerve wracking, right? It's nerve wracking, but something that I have found over and over and over again is I'm able to take risks and know I will be okay because I trust myself, because I trust mm-hmm. that I can create safety for myself even in the unknown and in the discomfort and in that like liminal transformational space where you don't really know what's next. That is how I'm able to, to move through this and to be okay. Um, And this is something like lately I've been working with highly sensitive business owners a lot because it's just really interesting me and lighting me up. And it's something I see often come up with, with HSPs putting themselves out there. Um, It's like, 
they're nervous to share an Instagram post or they're nervous to write that email. And a lot of it, what I find is coming down to a lack of self-trust because it's like, oh my gosh, like, well, what if somebody doesn't like it? Or what if somebody disagrees with me? And to me, a lot of that has to do with self-trust because uncomfortable things are going to happen. But when you have trust in yourself that, okay, I can manage this, I can make it to the other side, like that's everything. And this can be applied to setting a boundary or trusting your intuition in any way, like being able to root back into self-trust and know that you can have your own back, create Mm. safety within yourself. That's everything. Yeah. Beautiful. I just want to share this, that I'm, uh, I'm experiencing your energy today as like very confident and like powerful and it just feels, yeah, it feels so, feels like, yeah, I don't know. Just really nice. Thank you. Yeah. You're coming across, you're coming across really um, assertive and direct and it's like really, it's a, yeah, it's beautiful to experience that. So I just wanted to, wanted to bring voice to that. Um, Like you, this is a really big, big thing that's that's been kind of cultivating over the last couple of years and you know I've been asking for more security in my relationships more safety in myself you know when I do my prayers and and my intentions and when I think that way I'm like okay it's going to come to me and it's going to come in this in the form of like I'm just going to feel strong and it's going to be good but it's actually been the opposite it's like I've had to go through feeling weak I've had to go through feeling powerless I've had to go through making mistakes and not setting boundaries and doing all the things and messing up you know creating the mess and it's in that messiness and the endurance and the resilience that I experience in like being in the messiness and cleaning up the messiness that I'm developing um, trust for myself I'm finally feeling like I'm at a place in my life now where things aren't throwing me off, you know, like rude comments from people or people unsubscribing from my email list, like these sorts of things before they used to really throw me off and they would make me question myself and doubt myself. And now I'm like, I'm just so certain that I'm, I'm so aligned to my, my sole purpose that there's nothing that can be wrong about what I'm doing. It's all true. I am true. My life path is true. Everything about how I show up in in this life is true. And I think there's this element of like me not believing that because I think for a long time in my life, I felt like I was different and that I was measuring my perception of reality up to the standard, which was what media and, you know, other people and systems that are, we're putting on me, right? And this this kind of it plays in the arena of like being an empath and being highly sensitive, but it also plays in the arena of being gay, right? Because I think there's a lot of, I grew up feeling like I was different. Like I'm, I didn't get, you know, modeled to me and I never really grew up seeing two men in a relationship. So it was, I, there was, I kind of grew up in this innate feeling of being wrong. And I think that I didn't, I learned to, to not trust myself and I learned to conform and comply with with what people thought I should be. And I developed that people pleaser stuff, which you know you and I know all too well. And the people pleaser energy was about self-betrayal and it was about self-doubt. And it was, it really led me down the road of not believing in myself and having very little trust for myself. So I think, you know, my trust in self is it, it it's a lot about uh, well, I guess first of all, stop stop bleeding out my power by abandoning myself or betraying myself uh, in people pleasing and coming back to what do I need? That question has been so friggin' powerful in developing trust 
in myself and belief in myself because I started to become really hyper-focused in my earlier years on like, what do others need from me? And how do I need to show up in order to get approval or validation or acceptance from people? And I didn't ever focus on that and on, on my needs, you know, and maybe the, at the beginning, it was a bit of a projection saying like, I'm noticing this fierce kind of assertive energy in you. This is the energy I'm also in. So it's like, I'm, we're mirroring to each other, this like really convicted kind of like in our power energy. And it all started when I, when I started to get clear about what I needed which was developing a strong sense of self and moving away from codependency and setting boundaries. You know, I had to go through that really scary phase. I remember it very well when I first started setting boundaries and I first started communicating my needs to people where I felt like, well, A, who am I to be, to have needs? Mm -hmm. And I was unsure if these were actually my needs or if they were the needs that I thought I had to have, like I, because I didn't have a very strongly developed sense of self. Mm -hmm. So it was like this trial and error. And I remember like that yucky feeling of like, when you do something bold and in the moment you're courageous, but then there's the aftermath, the, the vulnerability hangover where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And then we start to question like, holy shit, like, what is this going to mean for like, you know, all the people that are reading this now or all the people that are affected by me saying that or whatever it might be. So it's like when we're, when we're in that energy, it's like we have to be willing to navigate the terrain of inconsistency because I think when we do have that like initial like energy to put forward our truth, there's going to be moments where we're going to feel really not like not confidence. Like it's like confidence, right? It's very dynamic. It's not static. We don't just achieve it. And then we have it forever, right? Like we're, there's going to be moments where we're not, and there's going to be things that we try that are new that are, we're going to feel very not confident in. And so I think it's just really a matter of like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that has been a big part of how I've developed trust for myself. Yeah. Yes. So many moments when you're speaking, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Like there's just so much to this. And I really loved what you were saying about being comfortable in the mess and being comfortable with uncomfortable or however you phrased it. I think that's so much of it. And something I find and notice is people like thinking they can think their way to self-trust and confidence. And it's actually only can come from action I have found in my experience. And a lot of times people feel stuck and like, oh, I'm not doing what I want to do, or I'm, I'm stuck overthinking this. And it's because we're not taking these, the action steps forward, no matter how small they are. And it's like, yeah. when we do take those action steps forward, no matter how messy it is, no matter what happens, like you start to show yourself that I'm the type of person who does X, Y, Z. That's like what I always think of. I'm the type of person who shows up even when I'm scared, or I'm the type of person who asserts my boundary, even when it's uncomfortable. And it's like, every time you do that, it's like a vote for yourself. It's like, all right, there it is. Like I do that. And that's cool. And like, you reflected back to me, like my energy today. And it's like, I just got off a call with my HSP business program that like, literally lights me up and I was so scared to do it but it's it makes me so happy and fulfilled and it feels so good and also it's nerve-wracking because it's like a new avenue for me to be sharing on but totally. I, again it's like every time you cast a vote for yourself it gives you more confidence and it just feels really good and something that I find is 
that's the hardest part for people is like taking that first step. Like, well, if I don't trust myself, then how do I take the first step? And so we just like perpetually stay stuck and continue to overthink. Like that's the other pervasive thing I see a lot over and over is people overthinking <clears throat> and like asking everyone else for advice and like mulling over very small decisions sometimes because they're so afraid of making the wrong choice. And I'm just curious for you, like, how are you able to take the first step when you're scared or when when you don't know what the outcome is going to be bef before you feel confident? Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm in it right now. And it's this whole notion of like self-concept for me is like I have this belief that like this is who I am, right? And it's like there is parameters. Like I do kind of box myself in sometimes. And I'm like, you know, with this whole singing thing, I'm like, who am I to be a singer? You know what I mean? Who am I to share my voice with the world? And I think about myself in this in these parameters and I'm like, that's not who I am. And what I've been having to do is I've been having to expand my parameters and start to give myself space to be all that I am in the form of expression. And I think, you know, when I, when I think about myself in thought form, it's limited, it's like, these are the experiences I've had. This is who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a male. I'm this, I'm that. And it's everything's confined. Mm -hmm. And what I'm learning to do is I'm learning to expand that when I, when I come down into like my heart center, into my, my body and my soul energy, I am much greater than a gender. I'm much greater than somebody who's had these experiences. I'm literally formless. I'm, uh, I, I'm limitless in my potential and I can become whatever I want to become. And I'm kind of dancing between these two worlds right now, which is totally Gemini, like, you know, very dualistic. Like I'm like in my mind, when I'm in my mind, I'm like scared shitless of like singing and getting up in front of people. But then when I do it, and I just let go of that mental energy. The mental energy has been expended because I got up and I just faced the fear. I literally immediately go down into my body mm -hmm. and I connect to that soulful energy. And then that allows me to expand. So I think it's like, it's just this notion of like, you know, I, I remember the very first self-help book that I read. My mom was a big self-help junkie and she had books laying around all the time. And I think when I was probably about 15 years old, I picked up a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Mm. And that was one of the very first books that I ever read in that genre. And it really had a lasting impact on me because I live my life by that motto. You know, and I've always been that person. Like I move towards what makes me uncomfortable because the thought of having something make me uncomfortable and me turning away from it is more painful than actually facing it. Because when I, if like afterwards, like if, you know, like, let's say I go out to a karaoke bar and all my friends get up and sing and I don't, that will beat me up for like years. Whereas if I just get up and do it, I'll like, I'll be able to leave with my head high and feeling courageous. And I think that's the energy. So it doesn't mean that like, I don't think we ever get to a place like where there's like fearlessness. I don't really believe in fearlessness, actually. I believe in courage. And I think that we that's that's facing fear. That's walking through the fire and learning how to be with your fears. And anyway, so I'm not sure if that answered your question. I feel like I'm like all over the place today. I like I'm oh, very overstimulated. So <laughs> that was so good. I loved it. You did a great job. The like like expanding, like just the way you laid that out. I'm very visual and I just imagined it like dropping into your body and how that expands you. That's such a good way to put it. And something I was thinking about is one time I heard someone say, like, if you're having trouble committing to something, like thinking about if somebody, okay. 
if somebody asked you to smoke a cigarette and you're a non-smoker, you'd be like, I don't smoke cigarettes. Like, it's not like something that you have to think about. And Mm -hmm. it's like just very much innate. And so it's kind of like, how can we get to that same place with the actions we take in our lives and the beliefs that we have about ourselves? Like, I remember when I had to be very, very strict with my diet because I had really bad digestive issues. And I would have all of these opportunities where people would be like, oh, just have a little bite of this, have a little bit of gluten. And I literally in my head would have to be like, no, I am not a person who eats gluten. And that was like something that I embodied the same way that somebody who's a non-smoker just doesn't even think about it. It's like, no, that's just not me. And and through that experience, I built a lot of self-trust because I had my own back. I, I was there for myself. I did what was in my best interest most of the time. And that built the self-confidence and the self-trust. And so in that experience, it like expanded, I guess, what I was capable of and what I what I knew that I was capable of but I just think it it comes from doing it and it comes from being in these these micro situations and choosing choosing yourself and choosing yourself and choosing yourself. That's what I've found. And then the other thing you were saying about going to a karaoke bar, if somebody, if all your friends sang and then you didn't, how that would be like eat you alive. I always tell people when they're like, oh, like again, just bringing it back to business because that's been alive right now. People will say, I'm scared. I'm scared to sell my offer. I'm scared to start my Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, to me, it's always been two choices. One, I don't, I don't do it. And then I live with regret and I see everyone else around me starting businesses and doing the things that I want to do. And I, I regret it. Or the other option is going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to do it because otherwise I'm going to regret. And to me, again, same as you, I feel like we're very similar. That pain of not doing it is so painful. The pain, the pain of what if, and I think it just, a lot of it does boil down to, okay, how can I get comfortable with the discomfort? How can I teach myself that I can survive the discomfort of this experience? Like that is just where we can expand our tolerance and a lot of times I think it can happen in just like very small moments too. Like, mm-hmm. I think we can be quick to abandon ourselves in small moments. And something I've shared before with people, like tangible ways that I've learned to um, expand my ability to to like have my own back is like, say I'm at a nail salon and the the lady puts the water in and it's like way too hot. Like in the past, I just wouldn't say anything. And I'd be like scalding and I'm like, this sucks, but I wouldn't say anything. And then I would leave and be like, well, that's, that was not the experience that I wanted. Now I will say, Hey, could you turn the water temp down? And it's like many moments where you're like having your own back or like going out to eat, you get the wrong food. Like, I'm not going to just eat the wrong food. Like I deserve to eat the meal that I ordered and I'm not going to be a jerk because I worked in the service industry, but like speaking up for yourself. So I think there's a lot too, in these micro moments of discomfort where we can expand our ability to handle it and not feel like, Oh my God, I'm such a burden or, or whatever that looks like. So that just came up as you were talking. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I relate to you so much. And like where I experience that is like at the hair salon when it's like they do something or they want to try something new and it's like, oh yeah, I love it. Right. We like, we always like, we're because we don't want that uncomfortable moment, but it's like, I'm learning to create those uncomfortable moments because Mm -hmm. they are important in me getting my needs met. Mm -hmm. And I really want to get to a place in my life where my needs are being met. Mm -hmm. I trust myself. I can be secure in my relationships. I'm getting, you know, emotional uh, connection, right? Because yes. when we're abandoning ourselves and we're not being authentic and we're people pleasing, we're not going to get our emotional needs met because we are literally abandoning ourselves, yes. right? Yes. So 
there's this element of like being on our own, right? Like when we are entering this energy of like self-trust and we stop asking people for their opinions of what we know, oh, is this okay? Or is that okay? We are on our own. And I think that's one of the greatest fears for a lot of people, because if you think about like human beings, we're like neurobiologically hard, hardwired for connection, for attachment, for love, for acceptance, needing approval of, of others. So when we're all walking the path and something comes out of alignment for us and we have to go right when everybody else is going left, that creates a lot of discomfort for people. However, nonconformity is a practice. We have to practice being okay with going in a different direction than everybody else, right? Yes. And I think that's a really good test for how far you've come and how trusting you are of yourself is like when you do go out with your friends and let's say they all want to drink and you're just, you don't want to drink, but everybody is drinking. So I'm going to drink too, mm -hmm. right? Like how often are you making choices because everybody else is doing it? That is self-abandonment, right? And it's yeah. like, can we exist in difference mm -hmm. and not conform and be okay with that? And I've been forced into this. Yeah. I didn't I didn't choose nonconformity from birth. I was forced into it. I was gay and I tried to conform to be straight. It didn't work. And I was I had to choose to be with with myself. And then I think the biggest area for me is being highly sensitive because I'm extremely sensitive on the sensory domains. I'm I get overstimulated very easily. I have a ton of food sensitivities. Um, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Like so there's a lot of things that are that are really um, I have to walk a very different path than 90% of the people that I'm around. And so I'm, I'm constantly having to say no. I'm constantly having to go home when everybody's going out. I'm very introverted and a lot of people are extroverted. So I've had to be, I've had to be different and I've had to embrace being different. And I think that's, it's an advantage. I think it is. I think because when it's, it's a struggle when, when, when we don't honor it, but when we start to honor it, it really sets us up for a lot of success. And I think a lot of HSPs have that experience because we have limitations. We have certain things that we can't do and we have environments that aren't conducive to our nature. So we have to either abandon ourselves and become overstimulated and feel like shit, or we have to honor ourselves and, and go the, the, a different direction than everybody else. And there's nothing like choosing to go in the direction that honors your soul and getting rewarded for that. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you're struggling with that, you know, it's just a little tiny bit of discomfort that you have to yeah. go through. And then if you don't, it's a lot of discomfort that you mm -hmm. have to go through, right? So it's like, go through that little tiny bit of discomfort and start to honor yourself. And I promise you, it will not be as painful and grueling as abandoning yourself and then having to deal with all the consequences that come with that. Isn't that such the highly sensitive person path? It's like, yeah. we can't like we can try to abandon ourselves and we'll do it over and over and over and over but eventually something comes to a head and a lot of times it is a physical ailment like we get sick because we're abandoning our needs and trying to keep up with everyone and going out when we should be staying in and eating the foods that just don't agree with us it's like eventually it comes to a head and we ha have no choice but to listen to ourselves if we want to mm -hmm. get better and I agree with you, like what a beautiful opportunity it is. What a great way to become very in touch with ourselves. Like we don't have the choice to be 
out of touch with ourselves. Like we can't live on that superficial level. Our body and our spirit literally requires us to have our own back, to check in, to care for ourselves and honor ourselves in, in a very unique way. It's, it's also, it's also interesting. What I was going to say on top of what you said is that it stems from this not fitting in, not, not the fear of not wanting to fit in. Right. And I think if you look at the way HSPs grew up is we grow up feeling like we're different and, or empaths, right. We're in our family system and we're the only empath and we're, we feel like we're just this black sheep. So a lot of us do learn to betray ourselves from an early age. So we don't have to feel the pain of being different right and mm-hmm. and that that is conformity and i'm i'm just such a, a like an anti-conformist right like i'm <laughs> i'm i'm just in this energy in my life now where i'm like i really want to inspire people to follow their own path blaze your own trail and i really love that when i see somebody doing something you know uh, just out there and they don't care that what people think it's just so inspiring for me and those are the people that i want to be around and those are all the people that got called weird or different when they were growing up and now they're embracing it so it's funny how you know the kids that were like the cool kids in school are now all the conformists of the world and the kids who like didn't fit in and be cool they went learn how to blaze their own trail from a young age and they're the ones that are now that are like inventing things and being like you know practicing ingenuity and and these sorts of things because they don't give a shit right? They just, they let themselves be whoever they want to be. And I just, I just think that's so powerful. So inspiring. I do too. I love that so much. You're so right. And how can we shut out the noise of all of the same, everything out there? Like I was scrolling on Instagram the other day and I started to feel super bored and annoyed because I was noticing like the same message said by a bunch of different people, just like slightly different wording. And I'm like, does no one think for themselves? And like, i Hey, I'm guilty of this too, because I've gotten caught up in things and, and lost myself. But I just realized like, wow, that like, we're just consuming so much all the time that no wonder a lot of people don't know what they think and don't know how they feel and don't know what their needs are because we're just consuming so much all the time. The news, the social media, um, our friends' opinions, our partners' opinions. And like we, Mm. I think a lot of times we don't have enough stillness to tap into ourselves and to our own wisdom. We're just Mm. so used to outsourcing to others. And so something I shared about on my podcast this week and like that I'm practicing myself is like, how can I reduce some of that noise. And maybe that means like having a week where I'm just not looking at anyone else's stuff on social media. I'm only creating my own content. I'm heads down doing my own thing and not looking at other people. Maybe that means some weeks, like not listening to a podcast and just listening to music or listening to nothing. Like, I think more of that is really important and helpful, especially for people who are sensitive, who have that tendency to pick up other people's energy and emotions and things like that. It's like, if you find that you don't know what you think or feel or need, like it might be a good opportunity to just like shut some of that out and tune back in because it's like, there is really not a lot of original thought sometimes because we're just looking around all the time. And it's, it's kind of sad when you think about it. (laughs) It's like, Oh my God, like you're losing your magic. And like you said, like the people who maybe didn't fit in and didn't conform, like, there's so much magic that you have to share, but sometimes you just have to quiet the noise to to tap in and hear that again. Yeah, I loved your your non consumption podcast. Mm-hmm. It's um, 
I don't think I've ever been as actually this, this has contributed to my self-trust as well, because there was an element of my Instagram usage more. So my, my delivery, like my creation and my delivery in my business, that was conformity. It wasn't my content, really. My content has always been quite unique. I, I create from my heart and um, and from my mind and from my own personal experiences. So it's very unique to me. But I was getting caught up in conforming to the rules of Instagram, the the algorithm, trying to beat the algorithm, posting at this time, posting at that time and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And it, it literally got so... Like it, it, and that's when I created that video, and I was like, "I'm done with Instagram." And I'm, I've been like doing a little bit, like dabbling here and there. But what I've been doing is I've been dabbling from a place of pure alignment and authenticity. So I create something. I don't give a shit what time of day it is. I'll post it. I really don't care because I'm not creating so that I think that Instagram is going to put me to the front or something like that. I'm literally creating for the people who've already chosen to follow me and who've, who who are my people. And I know, and I trust with my whole heart that the people that are meant to get my message are going to get it in some way, shape or form, right? And and that's what's happening now. So it's almost like the universe used that as a way to, to get me to trust. Just trust, get out of your own way, Matt, because you know what? You're trying to control something that doesn't need controlling, right? Just let it flow. And that's what's been happening. And, you know, it's funny, like I don't do any marketing really in my business, like none really, when, now that I think about it, I create content, which isn't really marketing in my opinion. And I get consults every week. And these people just find me, yeah. right? And the universe brings them to me. And I think that, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people say like, you know, I was just having these thoughts of like, I wanted to find somebody that can help me with X, Y, and Z. And these are very niche things that I work with. And boom, they were looking on YouTube and guess whose video popped up. And I'm not some big YouTube star or anything like that. I've got a small following and these people still find me, right? Because the universe is always colluding to bring people that are like match, right? Bringing them together so that they can do the work, the soul work that needs to be done. So this is the, this is the arena that I'm really learning trust in. And it's, it's really powerful. And I, I want, do want to say one other thing because I've been having this experience a lot where I'm forgetting what I'm talking about and it, and I lose my train of thought and it drives me fucking mental. Mm -hmm. And I had this happen a lot in my, in my youth, when I'd be put on the spot, I would freeze and I would forget what I was talking about and it would be very embarrassing. So when I'm creating, like, for example, I have another podcast that I, that I facilitate with two other coaches and I'm very prepared and I don't riff. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this, you and I riffing, it's been a challenge for me because I have been trying my best not to have anything written down or prepared. And it brings up all my stuff because I'm like, oh, if I don't have something to fall back on. Right. And that's a big thing of self-trust for me because I'm like, my ideas, they come from my mind partially, but they come through me almost. Mm -hmm. And I have to let that flow happen, right? Like like today, like I'm just flowing and I'm vibing, but then when I get too heady and I think I have to be doing something, then I lose my train of thought. So it's like, how can I just let it flow? And if there's a moment where I need to pause and be in stillness for a sec to let the flow catch up to my mind, because my mind races really quick, mm -hmm. can I allow myself that space? That's what I'm really working with right now. And it's like, it just brings up a lot of stuff for me because it's like, well, what if I don't have anything to say? What if I don't have anything to contribute that's meaningful? And uh, and it, it brings up some of my fears, but it's like, 
you know what, every time that we do have these, these podcasts, and, and I do practice on my other podcast, you know, where I where I'll just be, I call it authentic relating, mm-hmm. right, where I'm just letting my ideas and my heart speak in the moment, and I'm not being preparative or whatever. And it always works out. You know what I mean? And yeah, sometimes I lose my train of thought, or sometimes I don't have the the best words, or sometimes I fumble over my words, but that's authentic. And that's what I want to be. I want to just be authentic and vulnerable. And I think I'm learning how to trust myself and give myself space to just be. I think that's important. I love that. I'm so happy you shared that example. And it's like, yeah, obviously, I just lost my train of thought. And it's like, (laughs) guess what? <laughs> like didn't burn down. Like we're fine. And yeah. that's, it's interesting. You say the the riffing. Cause like, that's how I do all my podcast episodes, just straight riffing. It's like, whatever, like, let's just see what, what comes through. And I think through doing that and then having being like, okay, whatever, like I'm putting it out there. It, it's good enough. And then having people reflect, oh, that was really helpful. Like it just is like those little moments where it can kind of affirm like, okay, I can just trust myself. I can, it doesn't have to be perfect. And then the other thing you were saying just with like, yeah, the whole algorithm and getting caught up in that and feeling like we need to conform. And I think that's something I'm seeing a lot with the HSPs that I'm working with in my business program and in my mastermind right now is like, they'll ask me questions around like SEO or like hashtags or all this stuff. And I straight up said, I, I've never been into that. I've never, I don't do SEO. I've never done any of that. I just don't. And there was a moment of me second guessing myself and being like, oh my God, like I'm doing business mentorship for people. And I'm like admitting, I don't know, but it's like, Mm. when I said that the person was like, wow, that's like very refreshing to hear. And obviously there's experts out there that are all into it and that's great, but that's not me. But it was just a moment of like, okay, I can trust that my unique way of doing things has worked. This is in that like you, that is what has worked for me is just showing up authentically, being myself, not getting too hung up on all this, like stuff that it feels draining and exhausting to me. And like, because at the end of the day, it's about connecting with people and it's about just sharing vulnerably and being a human. And there's not that much more to it, but I think, I think it's just, we can get caught up in listening to all of the experts out there in whatever your thing is, whatever you're learning about, you know what I mean? There's experts on for motherhood, on baby sleep, there's experts in business, there's experts in all sorts of things. And it's like great to take in information, but there's a point when it becomes too much. And when it's like holding you back from connecting with yourself and your intuition. And I continue to try to be mindful of what is taking me away from my intuition. And so that's, and that's like a thing that I see just a lot of overconsumption. An example from motherhood that happened early on was when Blaine was going through a sleep regression and waking up literally 10 times a night. And I was like dying. So exhausted. I was like obsessed with like all the research. Okay. There has to be a magic trick. I need to listen to all these experts. But when I quieted it, because I was giving myself major anxiety from constantly taking in information when I quieted myself and I just tuned in literally what I heard was she just needs a little bit of space from you. And I'm like, but no, she's four months. She's supposed to be sleeping in my room. And it was like, no, she needs, she needs space. Moved her into her own bedroom. Not kidding. She, she wakes once or twice a night, which is pretty, in my book, pretty dang good. And so it's just like, and that goes against what a lot of the things that I read and I was taking in too much and I was trying all these little tricks and it was like, no, she just needs her space. She's like, you, she wants space. So anyway, it was just like an example of Oh, like when it feels like too much, feels like a whirlwind, like, oh my gosh, like we can, we need to quiet it and tune back into ourselves. And it can be hard and scary, especially for us highly sensitive people who 
a lot of us grew up our whole lives self-abandoning and thinking that we couldn't trust ourselves because, you know, we'd feel our emotions and then people would say, why are you so sensitive or quit crying? And so we're, we've been gaslit and we don't know, often don't know how to trust ourselves. So it can be hard and scary to, to choose to listen to yourself when you're so used to not. But I think it, it kind of goes back to what we've been saying where it's like the self-trust is built through the small actions and through the little moments of listening to yourself and taking the little action and being like, okay, yes, I, I've got this. I can trust, trust my intuition, trust what's coming through for me. Yeah. That's so powerful. And I love, I love that story because it's so the, the epitome of motherhood. I can imagine because everybody has an opinion on oh, how to do this or how to do that. <laughs> you are literally gifted as soon as you become a mother with instinct on how to navigate that. And it's all intuitively guided, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I get this question all the time from, from people, from clients, like, well, how do you know when it's your intuition versus fear when it's like, you know, doubt or whatever, and it's in the mind intuitions in the body and fear is in the mind. That's the first distinction. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think it's really important to note too, that like the intuitive energy is very feminine energy. It's very yin energy. And the, the masculine is very much that mental energy. And that's where we're going to have a lot of the overthinking and like, am I doing it right? And this and that, but the, the intuition, how I perceive it at least, and how I discern it is that it's, it's the initial hit. Mm -hmm. So when you have something in some sort of experience happens, you're going to have a little bit of a pang of like, okay, this is what needs to happen. And you might not know exactly right away, but it, it might just be like, okay, something's off. That's yes. the pang. And that's that that's when you start to move towards, okay, well, what's off and, and get curious about it. But if it's if you're if you're doubting yourself and you're second guessing and you're going back and forth, that's the mental energy and you know you're off course. So the key is going to be to just find stillness and and connect inward, connect to yourself, stop listening to all these things and trying to find the answer outside yourself and and start to connect with back in with your body, with your heart center. And I think that's where a lot of our world has gone astray is that we're not taking time. We're too busy. We're not taking time to connect in to the slow, more slowed down energy of the body of that feminine intuitive energy. It is a lot slower, right? Yes. So we need to meet that pace in order for us to get the answers that we're looking for. Otherwise, if we're in our mental energy, we're just going to be scanning a, a zillion different sources, trying to find our truth. And that's not to say you, you won't find it that way, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot more overstimulating. It's a lot more painful having to kind of go through all that. But I do think that the universe is always guiding us towards what we need. So you can take the long, hard road, or you can take the short road, which is going to be to connect inward and find it within yourself. And I feel like I've had a lot more success lately finding that and that getting off of Instagram was very intuitively guided. I had been getting messages constantly from the universe, like get off this platform. It's not good for you. It's not healthy. And then I kept going back and forth mentally and playing ping pong. And it eventually got to a place where it was like, you know, the universe was screaming at me like, no, stop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that distinction you made between um, intuition and fear is such a good one. I've never heard anyone say that. And that's like, one of the most common questions I get whenever I talk about intuition, how do I know if it's intuition or anxiety or fear? And I just love what you said. It's that yeah. more of that feminine energy. And really, I think, yeah, it just comes down to us knowing how to slow down, cut out that mental chatter, cut out the noise, like 
slow down? How can we create more moments of stillness in our day to just reconnect? And some days we'll get it right. And other times we'll take the long road, but you can't do it wrong. Like you just, you have endless opportunities to tap back into trusting yourself and and tuning in. And that's one of our superpowers as highly sensitive people is that strong intuition. We just, you know, sometimes have to like kind of move through some of the crap to, to reconnect, but totally. I've loved this conversation. It always flies by every time we chat. <laughs> it's like, it was like five minutes, but it was like 45 minutes. So um, yeah, thank you. As always, I always feel so energized after we, we talk and yeah, yeah I love it so much. And yeah, thanks to everyone too. watching and listening. And if you ever have any topic ideas for Matt and I, anything you want us to chat about, you could probably leave a comment on Matt's YouTube can send me a message on Instagram. We may or may not talk on the topic depending on if we want to, but always open to what's coming up for people. So I'll totally. throw that out there too. Should we leak our topic for next month? I think this is what we're going to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, yeah. So we're going to be talking about taking up space, Woo. how to take up your space, your sacred oh space, God. step into your power, right? So we're both coming into that energy right now. So we want to share that with you guys. So. Oh my gosh, that's going to be so good. It's going to be so juicy, as you would say. <laughs> Love juicy. <laughs> Me too. Oh, all right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> so good. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon. <laughs>